Hello, this is Basil Howard Brown, and welcome to Messages of Revival. Today is the day the Lord's made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. As you listen to this podcast, I believe God will touch, heal, deliver, and set you free. Open your heart to receive now, and remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God bless you. The book of Acts, chapter 2. says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody say filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, into Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, the Bible says, Be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Amen. See, the Lord, the Bible talks about us drinking. Really, on the day of Pentecost, they were accused of drinking sweet, intoxicating wine. The only way you know if somebody's been drinking, if you look at the action. You don't look at a totally sober person and wonder, have they been drinking? But when you see somebody staggering around, the first thought is, oh, oh they've been drinking. On the day of Pentecost, the disciples were actually accused of drinking sweet, intoxicating wine. Why? Because of their actions. See, the church today has a problem with anything out of the ordinary. You know, if we can't sing out of our hymnal and everything be structured and planned, then we're going to have a problem. What do you do when God shows up? I don't think the Holy Spirit shows up and He's standing there with a hymnal. Maybe He's smacking somebody up the side of the head with a hymnal, but I don't think He's standing there with a hymnal. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, like a mighty rushing wind. Then cloven tongues of fire set upon each and every one of them. Do you think the day of Pentecost, when that was all happening, you could hear a pin drop? Do you think it was quiet? Do you think everybody was sitting in their little corner, reserved, going, I think I feel the Holy Ghost. Just checking to which way the wind is blowing in this place. No, the Bible says like a mighty rushing wind. Then everybody had fire upon themselves. I'm, I'm telling you right now, there must have been a lot of shouting going on. Maybe there was a lot of dancing going on. Maybe some of those folks were running around like crazy people. Hello. But then we see something like that similar happening in the church today and people are freaking out. I've heard it all. I've heard these stories. People say, well, brother, there should be order in the church. And listen, I, I couldn't agree more. We've got to have order in the church. But we're not talking about man's order. We're talking about God's order. 
And God's order could be like a mighty rushing wind. Could be cloven tongues of fire sitting upon everybody's head. Could be a place where they get so filled with the Holy Ghost that you act like drunk people. The church is dried up. They're dried up. The church is dead. And let me, let me say this. It's not the people that are sitting out there in the pew. It's not their fault. It's the person that stands behind the pulpit. The Lord said this to me one day. He said, the one that stands behind the pulpit is the one that can either allow me to do whatever I want to do or stop me from doing what I want to do. He said, that person is the one in control. That's why when I show up at a meeting, I always pray this prayer. And those that have been in my meetings will know this. I always pray, Holy Spirit, you're welcome to come and do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do. We're not going to stop you. We're not going to hinder you. We're not going to stand in your way. I mean, God already knows that about me, but I'm just reiterating. Hey, you come in here like a mighty rushing wind, we ain't going to be looking for toupees flying around the room. If you come in here with the fire of the Holy Ghost, we're not going to be looking for the fire extinguisher. Are you listening to me? In extra fact, when the fire of God falls, we want to throw something more on the fire to make it explode somehow. But we're not going to stop him. But that's what a lot of churches do. And, and let me tell you why they do that. They're afraid of offending and they're afraid of losing some of their people. So what happens is this. They, they cater for Brother Big Bucks. Many churches in America today are, are controlled by Brother Big Bucks. And basically, he's already briefed the minister and said, if you do this or do that, I'm taking my money and I'm leaving. And let me tell you something. If somebody does that to me, guess what I'm doing? I'm grabbing him by the back of his britches. And I'm helping him to the door. But when I get to the door, I'm not opening it up. But I'm pushing him through. Amen. Because I know what's going to happen. The moment you bow to them, they've got you. They're going to control you. And the Holy Spirit will not be welcome to do what he wants to do. You've got these mega, we call them mega churches in America. We've gone through that whole phase of mega churches. I've been in some of them. I've sat through their meetings. I've sat there wondering why. First of all, why am I here? And then I'm wondering, why are people coming back? Because basically, it's just, most of the stuff they do is like an afterthought. You're standing there, the lights are dimmed, they're doing their worship, and, and, and there's strobe lights going around the building. Strobe lights that hit me in my eye. Every 45 seconds, going... And as I'm getting the bright light out of my eyes so I can actually see, here comes another one. Wing. 
So you've got to time it. Every 45 seconds, you close your eyes. You see it go past, you open your eyes. I mean, look, I know I'm making fun of it, but that is the truth. That happened to me. I'm like, why me? Just because I'm at this height now, it's going to hit me every time. What is the purpose of the strobe light? What is the purpose of having a fog machine? Hello? Let me tell you what a fog machine does not do. It does not usher in the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry for those ministers watching by Facebook. You think, you think your fog machine ushers in the Holy Spirit. The fog machine does nothing but fog. You know, I went to the store the other day and I told the man, I said, I'm a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ and I'm looking for a Holy Ghost fog machine. He said, I've got the right one for you, man. This one is, is it's, it's amazing. Every time you put it on, the Holy Ghost comes in. Well, give me two. I'll take one as a backup. Just in case. Just in case if one breaks, we've at least got a backup for the Holy Ghost to come in the building. I was in a revival meeting somewhere in America, and this preacher said to me, because they were just... They were just, they were messing around. Irritated me. I called him out of one of the meetings and, and, and took him back to the office and said, I said, we're not on the same page. I said, well, I'm here to have revival. I said, you here to burn a, a CD for your church. I said, we're not even on the same page. Then he proceeds to tell me that before I got to the meeting, the glory of God fell in the house and one of the speakers, those, those things over there, were glowing, glowing. And the Holy Ghost was in it. And I'm like, I asked him, what was the Holy Ghost doing in, a, in one of those speakers, bro? I mean, I understand he's in me, but what is he doing in that? He told me I missed it already. He said, God's already showed up in the place. Really, what did he do? One of the speakers were glowing. I think it just got sorted out. I was somewhere in America, in a place called California. Bless their darling hearts in California. If you want to see some crazy stuff going on in the church, go to California. So I'm in a meeting, power God's falling all over the place, people are drunk in the Holy Ghost, people are on the floor, and suddenly these two ladies appear, I had not seen them in the, I don't even know where they came from, they definitely didn't come from heaven, but they appeared in this bright yellow colored clothing, and they proceeded to come down and stand over the people that were on the floor, and they had this big blue cloth. The one lady had it on this side, the other lady had it on that side, and they were literally doing this. And the whole thing was flowing like this. I'm on the pulpit. Power God's all over the house. I got off the platform. I said, lady, what are you doing? I said, what's this blue cloth? She says, oh, this depicts the river of God. 
You know what I did? I looked at her. I grabbed that river. I pulled it out of both the hands. It come my way. I lay hands on her power. God, knock her on the floor. I go to the other river lady, lay hands on her power. God, knock her on the floor. I took that river, rolled it up, and threw it under the podium. I said, my God, God doesn't need a piece of cloth to depict a river. See, but what people do is they get into all these is works. You know, I had somebody come along one day and say, ask me, can we travel ahead of your ministry and go ahead and pull the devils out of the heavens so when you get there, you can have a great revival? And I'm thinking, my God, we've been having great revivals before you came. I mean, if you go ahead of us, are they going to be greater? And I said, listen, you don't have to do that because I've not found a hindrance so far. When God's moving, ain't no devil in hell going to stop him. Oh, I could go on like this all night. Crazy stuff out there. Instead of just welcoming the Holy Spirit, and then when he shows up, let him do whatever he does. Man wants to get in the way. Well, if it hadn't been for us with our prayer, you would have never had that breakthrough. Really? So it's because of you. Not, not because of Jesus. Not because of the Word. Listen, I believe in prayer. I pray all the time. But it's because of Jesus, because of His Word, because of His anointing, because of what He did on the cross of Calvary. Don't you understand that the devil is already defeated? He's a defeated foe. The Bible says he's walking around like a roaring lion. didn't say he is one. He's like one. Meow. He's walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In other words, when he comes around you, it's not necessarily that he can devour you. But he's looking. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I? And then suddenly you find somebody full of the Holy Ghost on fire for God. And let me tell you what, he's gone. Looking for somebody else that he could devour. But he's already been defeated. I'm telling you right now, there's coming a day when we're going to stand before the Lord and then God's going to reveal the devil to us. And I can see that day. We all are going to fall on the ground and start to laugh uncontrollably at what he looks like. And then people are going to go, surely that can't be him. Because remember, he's already been defeated. He's the defeated foe. He has no authority over you. Hello. Tries to come into the church with religion, with tradition. I've got to go back to the example that we have in the Bible and take a look at what God did in the Bible days and say, hey, if God can do it back then, He can do it back, He can do it today. If God can do it back then, He can do it today. 
What's he waiting for? Waiting for us. He's waiting for us to lay everything on the altar and say, Lord, come, do whatever you want to do. He has a problem with the meeting where the Holy Ghost is moving and God's moving by His power and His anointing. Is God's getting to the heart of the person, of the man or the woman. And in many cases, sometimes people will want to release some stuff but hold on to other. And God wants us to surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender, but Lord, I'm going to hold on to this or I'm going to hold on to that or I'm going to hold on. No, it's everything. We give it all up. We lay it all on the altar. And so, Lord, come by your fire. Burn the dross out. Change me on the inside. Set me free. Because I want to be used of God in these days. And let me tell you what he's going to use. He's going to use vessels that he has purified, that have gone into the furnace. We're not going to carry the glory and the presence and the power of God without going through the fire. You look, look at the church today, and I can tell you right now, too many sober people. I said too many sober people. Luke 24, 49 says, Jesus said this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you be endured with power from on high. He told the disciples, wait there, tarry. He's talking about the day of Pentecost. He's talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He said, you shall be endured with power. Where is the power? Where is the power? Why do we look at the church today and we don't see the power? What happened to the power? Where did it go? God's going to take the power and He's going to put it into the people. That's what He's going to do. And He's going to raise up people that are full of the Holy Ghost, that are carrying the fire of the Holy Ghost and signs and wonders and miracles. Some of you are going to have greater miracles and greater moves of the Holy Spirit on the street than what the church has ever seen. Are you listening to me? In these last days, I believe there's going to be revivals. And I've said this many times over. We'll go to the shopping center. We go to the shopping mall. We go to Walmart. We'll be walking in there just minding our own business. And people will come running to us saying, please, tell me about Jesus. I've got to get saved right now. Why? Because they're going to see the glory. They're going to feel the presence of God Almighty. If the shadows of the disciples would fall upon people and they got healed, imagine what God is going to do in the days we're living in. He said the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Ooh. If I never had my boots on, I'd run around the place. I'm telling you right now. I'm excited about what God's about to do. Hello. And the awesome thing is he's going to use people just like you and I. I call us ordinary people. Just ordinary people. Amen. People that will humble themselves before the mighty hand of God. People that will give God all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for whatever he does. People that will not touch on the gold, that will not touch on the glory of God, but give it all back to him. Are you listening to me?
The church needs to see the, the demonstration of the power of God. Uh, the body of Christ has to experience this. And let me tell you what, the world has to see it. The world look at the church and think we're a bunch of idiots. You know, let's close them down and put a mask over their mouth. And the moment they made that decision, everybody ran for the hills. I'm not talking about the congregations. I'm talking about the ministers. They ran for the hills. Shut their doors as quick as you can imagine. Well, we just want to comply. Comply with what? Comply with a lie? Let me tell you what. The only way that the government can control the nation is by fear. That's the only way. Because they can come up with so many other things, and we're, we're just going to say absolutely not. If they said flu season's going to be bad this year, we're going to have to shut down the nation, people would have said, you're crazy in the head. So they had to bring along corona. And then they pumped fear into the nation. And then everybody freaked out. I mean, there were people washing their groceries when they brought them home. In the beginning of COVID. <laughs> Disinfecting everything they touched. There were even suggestions. Yeah. That between your husband and wife. Okay. I say no more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm like, ain't no way. <laughs> I'm married for better or for worse. I figure if my wife get it, bless the Lord, oh my soul, I'm going to get it too. And we do things together. Jesus, help us. Give us a Pentecostal break. I mean, give me, come on. But everybody running around town, mask on. Some people are driving in their car by themselves with a mask on. My daughter showed me a picture of a, a news uh, lady on, on, on one of the news channels with a mask on. <laughs> I feel like some of these people are wearing it because it's become like a, a safety blanket. And then when we walk in the store, we don't have one. I'm telling you right now, there are people that look at us like they freaked out, like, like we have the plague. And you know what? If truth was known, there's probably more people that have died from the flu this year than what have died from COVID. But you don't hear anybody's talking about that. Where's the church? Some churches haven't even opened their doors yet. They're still locked down. They still don't know what to do. They're still freaked out. Let me tell you why they like that. Because the preacher has no faith. He doesn't trust God. He doesn't know what the Word says. And he's afraid to open the door. What happened to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? What happened to that? Where's the healing ministers? What, where did they go to? Hello? We just cannot, in these days we're living in, back down for anything. 
Bottom line, folks. Because the world knows if they can shut the church down, they can do whatever they want to do. Because they know there's power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What they don't understand is there's a whole remnant of people that are rising up even in this hour. They're rising up even in this hour. They're full of the Holy Ghost, full of the fire of God, and they're not going to back down. We're going to stand our ground. We're going to see America shaken by the power of Almighty God. They're tense like this going up all over the nation. In the country. I drove in here last night, and then when I left and drove out, I called my wife and said, Honey, I said, these people are out in the boonies. I said, and there were still people there. When I drove in, I was very excited to see there was a whole herd of cattle up there by the gate, the cows. I was mooing at them as I was driving in. And I thought, my God, this might be the congregation that I will be preaching to tonight. Then they disappeared and people showed up. I said to my wife, I guess, honey, if you pitch a tent somewhere, they're going to come. I said, the hungry going to come. The thirsty going to come. The people going to come. I mean, folks, this is Friday night in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you have to purpose in your heart to get here. This is what I've, I feel like the end church is going to be. I believe it's going to be in the highways and the byways. I believe it's going to, God's going to do a lot outside of the building. I believe we're going to have tents set up all over the place. You know, part of the vision of our ministry is to hire a hundred fiery evangelists, put them in tents, and send them to the rural areas of America. That's what we want to do. We don't want to go to any large city. We want to go into the country, into the rural areas, the, the towns that have 800 and 500 and 1,000 people, pitch a tent there for two or three or four or five or six weeks, and get the whole town born again. And then go to the next one, and then go to the next one. Are you listening to me? It's part of our vision. Tomorrow. <laughs> now, I mean, it's going to be hard work. Because you're going to go into some of these little towns, and there's going to be some religion... And some religious devil over there and some church with a bunch of deadheads in it. And they don't want you to be in town because of the glory and the power of God. But we're just going to press through all that stuff. The book of Luke chapter 11 verse 13 says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? We're not walking around defenseless. You know, I grew up in Africa, and many meetings we had, 
there were, there were manifestations of devils, many. Because in Africa, there's a lot of witchcraft going on. And so it was a very common thing to have a meeting when the glory of God started falling, then people fell on the ground and started frothing at the mouth. I mean, that get me energized. Because I'm excited about that, because I know what's going to happen. Devil coming out! I remember one crusade I was having in an African community, and I was in the back of the building, well, probably about a third or two-thirds of the way back, Congregation is all behind me, and I'm praying for a lady with a couple other ministers around me. I'm praying for this lady, casting devils out of this lady. Devils, I mean, devils were coming out. Come on. And I heard a scream from behind me, like a blood-curdling scream. And listen, in the seconds I took to turn around like this, to look towards the front to see what was going on, the congregation was gone. And there was one lady sitting in the second row. She was the one that screamed. Now, obviously, she had a passenger. The congregation that were all around her got such a fright that they disappeared like this. Before. And I'm in shock. I'm looking back like there's nobody in the building. Just that lady and, of course, this lady and the few pastors over here. And I turned around like this. And that whole congregation, I do not know how they moved so quickly. But the whole congregation were up against the side of the wall, all of them standing there with their back against the wall, looking at me with big eyes. <laughs> but you know, we, we were just crazy. I mean, I said to my interpreter one day, I said, let's go down to the local witch doctor. Let's go down to where he's at and go into, he's got a, a little hut over there and he's got all his bones and all his stuff over there. I said, let's go down there and see what he, what he can do. I must have said it a little loud because word got out. I suppose one little demon said to the other, oh, help us quickly. He's coming down. And, and, and the witch doctor disappeared. I, we, couldn't, we stood there for like 40 minutes, looked around his place, looked at all his rubbish he's got. He's gone. He couldn't find him. But, you know, I was a young man on fire for God, full of the Holy Ghost, ready to go bust the devil in his chops. Now I'm a middle-aged man, full of the Holy Ghost, on fire for God, still busting the devil in his chops. Hey, man. I mean, if you're going to mess around with that stuff, you better know who you are. You better know the greater one lives on the inside of you. Otherwise, you could be streaking across the field somewhere. Hello. I mean, that happened in Bible days, so. Is this good? If I stand like this? I'm minding my own business, then people appear from nowhere. They just appear. Like. <laughs> I 
Oh, Jesus, help us. I'm a little woozy, I will be honest with you. I've been drinking a little bit down here. I mean, nowhere in the Bible does it say you, don't, you can't drink on the job. I mean, this is the only job I know you can do, that you can get stone drunk and be blessed. And your boss, your boss is actually happy about it. <laughs> hey, man. You need another one? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I don't even know where I'm at anymore. <laughs> okay, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. I'm going to wrap this up here with this. Ephesians 5, verse 18 says, Be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Or be ye being continually filled with the Spirit. You can study the book of Acts. You'll see there were many times over that they got filled. In actual fact, the Bible talks about them being filled like they were at the beginning. So that tells me when we get full of the Holy Ghost, we can go, 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 and then sometimes we can run a little dry. And what we have to have is another fill. Have another drink. Hello. I've had people say, well, where do you go to get filled? Right, yeah. Well, where do you go to get full of the Holy Ghost? Right, yeah. Because I come to church and I drink on the job. I mean, if you can drink, so can I. I've just learned. Whoa, whoa. Stop the bus. <laughs> We're not going there. We're not going there. No, we're not going to go there. Because I felt that coming on me. And God, I felt him saying, we'll see about that. So I ain't going there. But many people dr run dry. You know, you, you, I've been in head revival in, in churches where how God's all over the place. Been there for seven weeks. I go away for two months, come back. And, and there's people looking at me like this. I'm like, do you remember me? I mean, I was here for seven weeks. Do you remember those meetings? Do you remember the joy? Can you remember that? You know, the ha-ha, the ho-ho, the he. It's still the same. But what happened is they, 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 <clears throat> they, uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, you know the thing. <laughs> they, 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 they. Jesus, help me. <sighs> they run a little dry. The joy, the joy is something you cultivate every day. You know, Monday's a great day for joy. 
People get up on a Monday and say, oh, come on, wait till Friday. Really? <laughs> and then Friday shows up and they can't wait till Saturday. And then Sunday shows up and then they go, oh my God, tomorrow's Monday. <laughs> yeah, every week it comes a Monday. <laughs> but it's the day the Lord's made. Amen. Get up on this coming Monday and say, this is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice. Ha ha ho ho ye. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And then see how your day goes. If you don't know Jesus and need to rededicate your life right now, pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess right now that Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart, take out the hardened heart, and give me a heart of flesh. Change me, Lord. Let me never be the same again. I repent and turn from my ways. I make you Lord of my life right now. Use me, Lord, in these days we are in. I am ready for your coming and always will be. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and setting me free. Amen. Now, if you pray this prayer, I would love to hear from you. So please email me at revivalpodcasthb at gmail.com. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Messages of Revival Podcast. For more, subscribe to Messages of Revival podcast on Anchor, Google Podcast, and iTunes. And share this podcast with somebody that needs to be uplifted and blessed. God bless you.